your weekly Selk Grassroots podcast, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode six of the of the final whistle and the uh, the oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah six of the final whistle and we're um, we've been through a bit of a journey with Adam Penwell here. We talked about he was a big lad in the beginning, got told he was overweight, some tough love. He put all the effort in, become an amazing, impressively fit guy. <laughs> he's he's put a little bit more timber on now, bless him. But you know, a, an amazing example of of committing to a, de- a dedicated plan of dietary and, and everything else. Then he gets to the levels. We talked about his clip he did on his first ever level three game. We pulled him to pass on stuff and he's been good enough to lay himself bare. But a really important part of the journey was was the end, really, the disappointing ends. Very unbelievably disappointed for Adam, but I, I, I was really disappointed because I knew we had a bright future and I was really disappointed for him because I knew the hard work he put in. But Nate, when you've been a big lad, I know you know, you're not a big lad, but when you've, you've been in a journey of losing a lot of weight... Oh, you're talking about me now? I was thinking I've never been a big lad. Me and Anthony are talking about this, and then you you put in all that effort, you become superbly fit like mm-hmm. Adam. And then you're at the top of your game. And then when you're out to A, you're mm-hmm. getting you've even got more potential to yeah. put on. By top coaches in this country, who identify talent, that's selling Adam this, then yeah. back a big injury comes like that. What advice would you offer other referees at any level that come across similar challenges? Well, I, th- I think that I think well, that was one of the things that really I wanted to wanted to ask Adam more than anything uh, is about that that sort of thing. But I think that I think that a lot of the the advice that I've offered and now I've written about this in blogs and things like that is about actually um, the way that you stay in the moment and that's how you can really remain successful. And I think you can you can apply that in many different aspects of your refereeing career, you can apply that to you, to your season thinking, right. Okay. Who's the next game, you know, and, and just doing all, doing all the work that you would do on that and getting the information that you might get for, for, for those two teams. So that you, you go into that armed as well as you possibly can to think about it in the game. When you've blown that first whistle, I'm just going to think about the next decision or one of the ones that I know a lot of the PGM well coaches like to use is the 10 minute intervals within games so we're just going to referee the next 10 minutes then we'll referee the next 10 minutes and it's just I think I think that one of the key things about that and and the way I would offer that advice is you know um just to try and think about who who, who have you got on Saturday where you at where you at midweek whatever it where whenever it might be whatever it might be that you're doing game wise whether you're going to be going in as a as an assistant or whether you're going to be going in the middle, just thinking about that, thinking about what your responsibilities are going to be, uh, what powers and duties of, of you as a referee or you as an assistant referee, just thinking about those things. What do I have to do to, to do well? And how, how have I been doing? You know, um, I was going to mention it on last night's episode when, when, uh, when Adam was talking about um, sort of the way that he evaluated and beat himself up about certain aspects of, of that particular game we we're previously talking about. Um, my blog this week, to plug my blog this week, is all about actually finding that balance and, and actually not being your worst enemy because you actually can, you can, you alone, you can be the reason why you don't succeed, why you don't get that promotion, why you don't 
come off with a mark that you want from the observer if you get your mindset wrong. So I think that I think that's one of the things that that I would always, you know, the things that I've just mentioned there, the things that I would advocate and the, and the kind of terms I would talk to officials in. But yeah, like I alluded to at the beginning of answering the question there, I'm really, really keen to understand how how Adam dealt with that because you've spoken in such glowing terms about him. Richard Mellon's spoken in such glowing terms about him. I'm, I'm you know, and I really value your both of your opinions. And I, I from hearing that and hearing the things about the way Adam referee, um, I'm absolutely in no doubt that you know he would have gone on to be, uh, you know up climb the ladder even further and down at the football league and then who knows where you can go from there um so my question to adam is for, well it's a two-part question it's one how did you deal with well no i'll just ask you i'll just ask you the first question first how did you deal with people telling you that um um well i don't know really it's just you know like i said i've always been uh, a confident person um throughout my life really I've always been a salesman and you know as, as a referee you are you are a salesman you need to sell you know what you are doing and you know I'm the kind of person who when I do something it's I want to be the best I can be I second I'm not interested um I'm a really bad bad loser I'm probably one of the worst losers in the world I, I hate losing I can't stand it um you know so when I you know, took the advice on that I was too big and I needed to lose weight. You know, yeah, my whole life changed. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, people who know me really well and closely will vouch how obsessive yeah. I became on losing weight, looking the part. You know, I was at the stage where I was on, I was on a maximum of a thousand calories a day. And I got down to the stage where I was on 600 calories a day every day so there was days when I would you know generally I would train including games you know I was training six out of seven days a week um and burning more calories training than I was taking in yeah. in food and drink intake so mm. it it did become an obsession but that's you know that's what I get like it's it's all or nothing mm. so Obviously, and I don't know whether we need to say more about this to give more context, but when you got the injury that that sort of you were dealing with initially and then I believe you made a comeback and then it sort of unfortunately kind of did for you in the end, how how did... Because obviously you couldn't train, you know, you've got to give it time to heal. How did, how did that mindset uh, come in? It was, it, was, it was brutal. I mean, my life, once again, my life, my life changed. So I'd gone yeah. from being in the best condition I'd been in in my life, yeah. uh, training six out of seven days a week, doing my games, mm. um, you know, transferring all my data, doing more above and beyond. You know, I was I was doing I was doing the level of training that they were doing at the next level above. Yeah. You know, doing that level of training. And when I picked up the injury, so I, I ruptured my Achilles mm. uh, was the injury. Um, so I've gone from doing two stroke three games a week training all the time to suddenly I've had, I've got to wear, you know, I've got a ruptured Achilles and I've got to wear one of those boots, um, for six months, mm -hmm. you know? So it, yeah, everything, ev everything just changed instantly. My whole life changed. You know, I've gone from doing well, being successful to all of a sudden I'm, I'm in a boot with an injury 
yeah. for, for the next six months. I mean, the thing is, if we talk about the context of why we're having this conversation, we're having this conversation because we're all in lockdown. We're having conversa- this kind of conversation because we want to give referees that feeling of connectedness and relatedness to refereeing and to colleagues. A big, big thing that, that I've, I've talked about in my work is about, you know, the fact that we're in daylight saving now and we need to get out and get as much sunlight as possible when, when it's available, when it's not a cloudy day, when it's not raining. Um, but also about the impact that exercise can have, not just in terms of warding off the effects of coronavirus, but also from the endorphins that exercise give us. So if you're not able to get endorphins from exercise going through that six-month period with a boot on, I just want to ask you, you know, did you feel, did you actively feel a difference in your mental health at, at that stage? Did, you, did it have an impact on your mental health? Were you, were you conscious of your mental health? A, a little bit. I mean, not. I'll be honest with you, not not majorly obviously yeah i was i was disappointed because i couldn't do what i had been doing for you know at, at that point a number of years then and obviously mm. i was at a stage where i was going well i was flying high to all of a sudden that's this this season's now finished so you know yeah. it, it I've, i mean i was still working at the time anyway running my own business so i could yeah. still work i could still operate um so it didn't it didn't affect me massively mentally you know sort of in my head because i was in such a good place in my head all I was mm. had to tell myself was right now I can't do this for six months yeah. I just need to be careful I need to really watch what I eat I need to make sure I don't put weight back on yeah. uh, and I, I just need to be careful you know and at the same time because I was heavily involved in football mm. I was still able to do stuff with Martin do coaching yeah. help referees, go out and watch games so I'd mm. still probably be out Midweek, I'd be out at the weekend. I'd still watch games. Yeah. I'd coaching. So even though I wasn't active, I was I was still involved. Yeah. So I'm going to link nicely, I think, now to, to something that Martin's alluded to really is. I, I want to ask about the support that you had. Uh, obviously, you mentioned from the PGMOL, but I wanted to also ask about the support from the likes of Martin, who, who you know, is somebody you've obviously been very close to, the likes of Richard, who you've been very, very close to, and we've talked talked at length about over the over the uh, episodes that we've made with you um how much how much value did that add to you because obviously i'm guessing you, well I'm, I'm, I'm you know from what you just said you weren't turned off football and it wasn't something that hurt you or was a wrench to be still involved in football so clearly you know you still love the game and you were still in a good place mentally with regards to the game so how did the support that you got sort of help you get through that well i mean to be honest with you when it when it first happened and obviously you know i found out that i'd ruptured my achilles i was going to be in a boot for god knows how many months in in my own head at the time it it i'd never been injured ever ever never been injured never you know i mean always passed my fitness test first time never had an issue one of the fittest out there so in my own head at the time it wasn't a serious injury you know i kind of even though i was told it was a serious injury. I kind of wasn't really prepared to accept yeah. that it was a serious injury. So, you know, I kind of told myself it is what it is um, and you'll be back, you know, and I was out. I mean, I ended up with that injury. I ended up being out for, I was out for 16 months with that injury at two A mm. level. So, you know, I'm refereeing at a good level mm. and, you know, no one had, uh, obviously I had my, my coach at the PGMOL was Steve Dunn. Obviously I still had the likes of Martin and Richard and, other support networks there and you know there was a lot of people that hand on heart themselves would be honest and say 
they didn't think, Martin included, you know, they didn't think that I would return from that injury. And, you know, I was very lucky at the time. The PGMOL um, were brilliant. So they got me into, um, obviously, when the boot came off eventually, they then got me in to see a physio at Bath University. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously I live in Western. So from me to Bath University is probably just under an hour in the car. And they literally said, look, we're going to get you a physio. Um, Here's what you've always done. You've always submitted your training data. You've always done everything. Um, we do what we can to help you. So they got me in to see a physio at Bath University. I had to go one, I was going once, sometimes twice a week. Um, luckily, I was self-employed, so I could manage it and get there and so on and so forth. But they literally, they paid for everything. I didn't have to pay a penny for any treatment. They paid for absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, a lot of people in the ref- referees themselves, colleagues, uh, friends, coaches, uh, you know, they all sort of said, you know, referees at this level of football who have got badly injured that no one had ever ever returned before so when they said that to me you know in my head I was like it doesn't matter what it takes I will return because at this point you know I'd made it to a level but when I picked up this injury this was pre-season this was pre-season training so I hadn't actually refereed a game of football at to a level right in my own head if I go out of the game now in, year, in a year's time, a couple of years, when people always say, oh, what level did you get to? In my own head, how could I say I got to 2A yeah. when I'd never physically refereed a game at that level? Yeah. So I wasn't willing to accept that. So mm. it took me 16 months of hell to, to get back. And when I got back, you know, I went and did my fitness test up at where they do them all, which is at Nuneaton. And obviously when I came back, everyone else had already done their tests when I came back. So I had to go up to Nuneaton in gale force winds and the rain. I had to run that fitness test on the athletic track, athletics track on my own yeah. with two people from the FA plus the sports scientist and my coach watching me. So I didn't have, there was no support on the track. Support, yeah. it, was, it was me on my own against my demons to get back. And, you know, I absolutely smashed it. And when I got to the end of the test, I still wanted to keep going. I said, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Because yeah. You know, I worked so hard with all the help and support mm. to get back, you know, to finally get to that moment of elation that there you go, yeah. I'm back. I've proved you all wrong. I said I would be back. I got back. Um, and obviously from then, obviously it was great. You know, I then did a full season as a 2A referee, yeah. did some great games at some great stadiums. You know, I ref- obviously referee in the conference premier and the, un- yeah. the, you know, Premier League 2, as they call it, the under-21s. Mm. You know, I Game. I did Man United live on MUTV. I refed at Fratton Park, the Olympic Stadium. You know, I had some unbelievable games with a cup final at the end of the season. So, you know, it was awesome. But then literally, I probably had, I had two, I think I either had two or three games to go at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that it wasn't right. Yeah. And I was struggling. But even maybe Martin didn't know, nobody knew apart from me. Yeah. And I wasn't willing to tell anybody because I just wanted to get to the end of that season so I I struggled through my last few games my last game I actually got one of my best marks of the season Mm. and when I come off the pitch I could hardly walk in the warm-up I almost come off the game yeah you know in absolute bits and when I finished you know for me then I'd finished the season then obviously I'd got it looked at it ruptured again and that was pretty much game over pal yeah because that was what I was going to ask you I mean if you if you'd known so let's say the season ends in May if you knew in sort of mid April early April time 
if you had your time again, would was that would that is that something that you would you would have said actually I need to to do this before it ruptures? No, I, I don't think so because I think it was it was that bad. You know, when they looked at it the first time, they did say you you probably won't be able to return to the level of activity that you were doing before. Yeah. So to get back, as far as I was concerned, at this point I knew I was struggling, mm. but no matter what, I was going to complete that season yeah. so that that if that was it for me. Right. I could say yes, I got to that level. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, and, and I couldn't have anyone say, "Oh, yeah, but you didn't even finish the season." Mm. You know, I got back to that level. I did finish the season. Yeah, uh, you know, that was then when I then got it looked at again. It was ruptured again. Yeah, and they basically said, "Look, it's it's that bad mm. that um, you're either going to have to pack it in, or if you continue and go through another sixteen months of rehab to get back." Yeah. You could, you could do more damage, you could do permanent damage, mm. you know, you get to 45 years old, you might not be able to walk on it at all. Yeah. You know, so, and it, it was, it was a horrendous decision to, to have to call it a day. Yeah. It took me a long time to, to do that mm. and call it a day, you know, but in the end it was, it was, it just, it had to be done. And I look back now, you know, I, I refereed for nine years, you know, going through from a seven to a 2A, yeah. you know, in, in in realistic terms, not even really, not a long referee career, I suppose, you know, nine years. Yeah. But in those nine years, I got to a good level. Um, you know, every level I refereed at, I pretty much refereed yeah. every game I could have refereed, bar being a 2A. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't referee all the playoff finals as a 2A, but prior to that, I'd pretty much done every game or every cup final I could have done. Yeah. You know, so I look back... And no regrets whatsoever. It was mm. it was awesome. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Of course, I would have wanted to go further. You know, as far as I was concerned, you know, my next stage was to be a football league referee. And my yeah. my PGMOL coach believed that I could achieve that goal. Mm. So the disappointment of not being able to fill that was yeah. horrendous. I was going to ask you there because obviously you just touched on it just before. How long did it take you to make your peace with that after it ruptured for the second time? to make you peace with the fact that it was the end of your career? So, um, so it was the end of the season when obviously it, when it went again. Um, so that would have been whatever time of the year that was, May, May, you know what I mean, May, May, April, stroke, probably April time it was then, because mm. I wasn't in a, you know, my season was okay. I finished around about mid-table. Mm. I didn't set the world on fire, but I did all right. Um, so that was probably around about April time. Um and then it probably it took me until I finished, I officially finished in the December. Right. So, you know, April was gone, the end of the season was gone, it had ruptured again. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to be ready for the start of the next season, August, September time. Yeah. I was still obviously in total pieces. Yeah. Uh, and in my own head, probably up until, probably up until October time, in my own head, I was coming back again yeah. and defy the odds and be back again. Mm. It was really when I sort of got towards November time, end of November, realizing how serious it was yeah. that, you know, I got, you know, I'm going to have to make a decision here. And it was probably took me, like I said, another six weeks after that. And then it was Dece- it was then the December that I just had to call time on it. Yeah, one of the and things I want to touch base on is um, the way Penners was. He was never happy with anywhere near what he viewed as second best. And I remember him absolutely flipping his lid that he didn't get a playoff final. 
absolutely <laughs> flipping his lid because he he'd finished second and first on clubs. That wasn't good enough for him. And I said, Penis, fuck's sake, lads. No one remembers who gets the playoffs next year when you're promoted. They don't know who finished sixth and got promoted. They just know you're being promoted. Don't dwell on that. It was always difficult for you, wasn't it? To be like, I, I want it all, I want it all. It drove and drove, which is, I'd never coached anyone with that sort of drive and determination, which comes with baggage because if you don't achieve those top-end goals, you might feel like you, you failed. But one of the things that I wrote down when he was talking was um, the PGML were incredibly supportive, weren't they, with regards to, to what they're doing. We were yeah. like, you know, I, I was, I was, it's one of the things I say about the PGML. They, they, they get a lot of stick of the people like Hackett and, you know, dinosaurs like that. But they don't really promote how they support referees. They just go out and support referees. And, and, and they're easy, they're an easy target and they don't see easy to praise. And um, when I see people like this in your position, they do an incredible job. And I always think, you know, they need to be, they don't want, they're not don't want to boastful, but there's never really sort of stories out there about how they, the level of training they do, the way they've been through COVID has been absolutely incredible. Talking to lads who are at that level now, the, the work they're doing, and Mike Riley's going out every week, every other day with letters and procedures and support mechanisms. I think, I think it was important to identify that. But also, what you touched on is your data. Now, I, rem- I, I remember clearly talking about your data. Obsessed, obsessed, absolutely obsessed with it. So, because he couldn't physically run, he'd roll. Or because he couldn't physically run, he might do his bike. So we'd have all the CV work going on, and then Simon Brevich, the main. Uh, sports scientists for the PGOML puts all the charts up of who's who's the most impressive, who's the done who's done the most here, and it was Adam, and yet Adam wasn't actually refereeing, but he had the best stats on what he did in fitness, what he did in recovery sessions, what he did, all the stuff. But these lads, some of the lads who were refereeing, were doing nowhere near what you were doing, were they, mate? Well, the, 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 I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, obviously there were name, names were, names were never mentioned when stats went up, but you know, I always knew. Which what was mine and what I had done and everybody else did, you know, before and as, as you'll remember, mate, you know, before I got to 2A, you know, when I was a 2A, you had to do the training, you had to submit your data and so on and so forth. But when I was a level three and a two B, obviously that was when I made contact with Simon at the PGMOL, said, Look, what do I need to be doing at the next levels? What are they doing? And obviously he shared information with me. And then at that when I was a level three, I was and a two B, I was submitting my data to Simon, who was looking after the two A's and saying, look, can I submit my data to you? Can I send this to you? Can you, you know, can you have a look at mine? Can you show, can, can you assist and can you give me your feedback? So, you know, when I hit 2A level, it wasn't a change for me in terms of the requirements of training and doing data because I'd been doing that for two years already. So, you know, it made my transition nice and simple. Whereas obviously a lot of the other lads who then got to 2A, all of a sudden they had to change their whole life because they had to train six six out of seven days a week, including matches. And a lot of people with, you know, if you're an employed person with an employed job, it was, certainly wasn't as easy as it was for me being self-employed, running my own show, basically. So I'd been doing that for a couple of years, you know, yeah. in hindsight. And when I look back now, I was so obsessed with it all the time. And yeah, it did run my life. Did I, was I the cause of my own demise. Did I do too much? Did I overtrain? Did I, you know, and maybe I did sometimes, but at the end of the day, it was, as I said earlier, 
anything I do, it's it's all or nothing. It's that simple. There's no halfway point for me. It's it's you do the whole lot and then you don't look back. It is what it is. And I think the one I can relate most to this will be Anthony, who's been really quiet listening to you. I can see and see some of his expressions. You can really relate to what you to what you've done. One of the things before I pass over to Anthony is people don't realise it's a lonely journey as a referee, as a referee on the field of play. It's a lonely journey training. Because I, I remember that when you used to do your training, particularly if you went out running before you went to gyms and that, I remember used to, people used to come. Pe- people would know how, how Penners was, lads, how, how brilliant he was with his fitness levels. So there's too many referees out there, and this is advice to those referees who might be listening to this, who only train to pass the fitness test, and then they won't train again till the fitness test comes along. There's too many referees out there. I know there's commitments with family, work commitments and children and, and all that, but... There's too many out there. And what used to really piss Penners, I was the same, I got injured. I I, I finished early. I, I know how I, I, I hasn't felt, absolutely 100%. I still went out even with a business. I'll do it at 11 o'clock at night when the kids are in bed. There's always time to do it if you really, really want to do it. So these people would phone Penners and go, oh, Penners, Penners, can I come up with you? It was always in June, always just before the fitness test would happen in July and August. And, he, and he'd say, I remember you, I really always admire you, Maya, you to buy and copy me on messages and stuff. He'd say to them, I'm going out at this time on this date. If you're not there, I'm doing it on my own. Doing it on my own. The amount of times people would do over one or two weeks, wouldn't he? So say they'd be doing it, and then they'd all drift off. And then these ones were the ones that when you passed, when you failed the fitness test, it was oh, oh my hamstring went, or oh, oh, I was sick. You think bollocks, yeah. you haven't put the effort in. 100%. And these people who would do that to penners, who might even be tuning in here, they know they are. They try to blag it. So if you are going to commit to a career in refereeing, there is a culture change. There is a, a lifestyle change. There is everything to change. Don't kid yourself. Otherwise, you're never, ever going to get there. So, so what, what do you think about you just there from Adam? I think that the, the best piece of advice for anyone that wants to climb the ladder was said in the last 26 minutes, and that is... Don't train for the next level. Train beyond where you are. Um, and and then when you do make that progression upwards, you're already ahead of everyone else. And I think that's why you were able to progress so quickly uh, and efficiently through the system. So it wasn't a culture shock every time you made a step up. And uh, I, I've sat here for almost 25 minutes just in silence. Um, just it's heavy, heavy stuff, this. And you know, listening to you speak about it, my heart breaks for you, mate, because it's something that clearly you'd, you'd spent the best part of a decade um, working your way through and for it to be taken away through, it's one of those things, there's no one to blame, there's no outside kind of influence, there's no nothing inside, it's just something that's happened and it's one of those things that's like, fuck, and I could happen to anyone. Um it's, it's, yeah, it's it's a bad. Uh, the 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 silver lining, if you like, is that your story now and the advice that you've just given can can go on now to help a lot of people who will listen to this and and want to do the same thing that you've done, um, and and just be able to emulate you uh, and and hopefully, and I, I sincerely hope a lot of young referees do listen to this that have the same motivation and determination and focus that you had in those in those nine ten years uh to be able to put into practice themselves what you've spoken about uh because it's it's been really inspirational and to touch on what martin said there about weight loss 
for for you it was it was someone saying drop the weight and it and this will happen for you but for for a lot of people out there there won't be that external factor of someone to say lose the weight but if you're an overweight person like i i was um you or you already know and one day you'll wake up and you'll look at yourself in the mirror and you'll think today's the day and and that is uh, something that that will help with the motivation, with the determination, with with the drive. Um, but yeah, man, I I just wanted I could honestly, if we had the time, I would just let you keep talking for another half hour, and I would sit here, I would shut up, and I would just listen. Um, Great. Yeah, because what 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 you're saying is is just it's it's deep, it's it's insightful, it's impactful. I honestly, I'll buy you a beer if I ever come down south. Just one. Minute. Add one thing, just just it's it might it might interest you to to hear me say this. I don't I don't think I've said this. Um, quite a few years back, I went I went for for core. Now I know that Martin's not a fan of that and whatever, but I I know that lovely weird excellence. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm, that's what I was alluding to. I wasn't alluding to the the system. I was just alluding to the, to the language. Um and. Yeah, just I turned up and I, I'd always come through my games. I never had any fitness concerns with regard to my games, but I, I didn't, to be fair, I'd just come off holiday and I hadn't really trained properly because I, I was on holiday and I hadn't done it properly. And I, I failed the fitness test and I was disappointed with myself, but I knew that I probably enjoyed myself a little bit too much. And thing is, like 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 I said there, you know, we said, you know, we, we said it in jest, oh, I've never been a big lad and I, I, I haven't. You know, I've always had a fast metabolism and I've always been slim, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, you you know, you, you don't get that fitness. And the one thing I, I kind of want to say is that, you know, I've, I've had, I've had, I've had an education in terms of working with a lot more high, high level officials over the, over the past couple of seasons, which has improved my technical level of refereeing and my management of situations and all sorts of things like that. It's done wonders, but I've also worked really hard fitness wise and the the biggest thing i can say to anybody who's maybe struggling with a fitness or is maybe a larger um sort of than they want to be and carrying more weight than they want to be is it, may, it makes things feel a lot easier um i realized at the start of the season after all the work i put in that um i was breezing through games in terms of the from the fitness angle and i could concentrate much more on making decisions and yes as a hangover of that, by the way, I'm, I still have a lot of work to do on my positioning because now I'm fit there. I need to get myself into better positions because I've got the legs to do it. But it's it's about actually getting there and actually realising that, yeah, okay, you might not weigh 15, 16, 17 stone, but it, you still need to get yourself to be fit. And you'll find that it's a lot easier because they go hand in hand. If you've got the fitness to get yourself into positions, you know, um, Adam said it in one of the previous ones that we did when he was talking about the, the opening part of the, the clip that we, we talked about where he's saying I could be in a great position and I was always in a position where nobody could question my credibility because I'm, I'm able to say I'm there and having that fitness allows that it means that nobody can question you nobody can bring your integrity into play everybody knows that you were there you've seen it you've made an honest decision and i just think that those are the things that are really 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 important to bear in mind when you're thinking about what's the next step for my referee and if you're a level five thinking about how you're going to get level four or if you're actually in in the position that adam was in how am i going to get on the football league these little differences 
can make an absolute world of difference because it makes your refereeing so much easier. Hmm. And Penners had loads, you know, when it, when he took the hit, he disappeared for a bit, which is right, and then he's coming back and he's going, he's still going out coaching people when he can. And when he goes out there, people are like, fucking hell. Penners is going to turn up to coach me game. I'm on a level four. I'm a first year level four. And yeah. because he's such a good educator, because it's all in there and he knows how to get it out and he knows yeah. how to deliver. He's a, he's a real, real big asset to us. Like we got, yeah. we got a few people who do that coaching and it's great that so many people, it's one of the things I've always said about us as a charity is that although Adam never had any problem with the FA, the PGMOL and Neil sing the praises, like I always sing the PGMOL praises. They were always brilliant when I was on. Sometimes you got lads out there and girls who have been out of trouble with a county FA, being pissed off with the FA for something, whatever it is, mm. and they don't do anything. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they want to do something, but they don't want to do it under the name of the FA. They don't mm. want to do it under the name of a county. What we've created is loads of people out there in the game who, who might just want to give up one game every two months. Do you know what? I want to go out, mm. maybe take my boy with me. He's got a young son, Penners has. Yeah. Let's go watch the game before and then give something back to the referee. There's mm. an army of people out there that are slowly coming to us, that yeah. are give one day, whereas other other people will want, oh, can you go out three times a week? You yeah. know, can you do this? Can you travel? Can you do it? What we found's worked is that people can dip in and dip out of us yeah. to help as many or as few as they want. Mm. Tennis is a great example of that because yeah. when you go out of the Alps, yeah. these, these, are, these, these, these guys are impressed. Even yeah. if some of them might not know them because he's stopped and they're just coming through. They're just yeah. blown away by how he delivers stuff and, and yeah. his honesty and the way he is. So I always feel privileged that Penners is still giving a bit back and I've always been impressed with what he achieves, how he achieves it and his driving determination. Absolutely everything he does from his job to how he is as a dad. He's yeah. a fantastic dad too. Mm-hmm. I just think everyone can learn anything from these clips where Penners has, has laid himself bare. So Penners, before we, before yeah. we go, Thank you very, very much, mate, to open yourself out. Yeah. Thanks for being so honest and helping again. And is there anything you want to give to wrap it up to referees who's been out of similar situations with you, good or bad? How would you sum it up, mate? No, mate, to, to, to be honest with you, this is, um, you know, over the last sort of few episodes that we've done, um, this is almost, you know, yeah, it's been good and I've been honest. I'll always be honest. I'll say it as it is. That's how I am. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah I think there might be a day that comes soon well, I need to maybe start watching what I eat and drink again because the uh, the double chin is starting to reappear, which is not good. So, but you know, when that day comes, it'll be another obsession for me to sort that out. But it's it's strange, you know, going over the stuff we've been over the last couple of episodes, and this is you know, it's it's a strange feeling this episode because you know this is probably you know excluding when it all happened and I had to call it a day back in that December this is probably the first time it's been talked about really in depth and, you know, it does, it, it does, it does, you know, I'm, I'm feeling it a little bit. It does, you know, it feels emotional. It feels emotional now. And, you know, I didn't think I was going to quite, quite feel like this and it's, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, I've got no regrets. It, it, it is what it is. And, you know, my, my final word to anybody out there is there's, you know, loads will say, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. No such word as can't. Can is means is just another word for won't. It is that simple. I've done it. I was massive. Loads of others have done it. And you need a lot of things behind you. You need the support of, you know, if you've got a wife and children, you need their support at home because ultimately, I don't care what anyone says, if you referee, 
and you're moving up the levels, football will, it will run your life. It will run your life and you need the support of your loved ones to allow it to run your life because it will. Then you need the support of your friends, your coaches, your colleagues. You know, I've had Martin for many, many years. And yeah, when I got to the PGMOL and the 2A level, you know, yeah, all of us, then I had Steve Dunn was my coach. But obviously that never changed the friendship that I had with Martin, the support I'd had from Martin and Rich over the years. It just meant that I had a different coach to do it the PGMOL way. So ultimately, you know, my, my final word is if you want it, it's out there. And like I said, you know, I've got no regrets at all, but I would give absolutely anything to not have had that injury and still be out there now. Yeah, I'm the same too. Well, listen, Penners, thanks for all your help and support. Oh, to other referees you do for that time. And I hope everyone got something out of this. And uh, that's that's the last episode of the Adam Penwell Gold Your Lockdown clip. We'll be coming out with some beauties again, and we'll see you all soon. Keep well and keep safe, guys. Having trouble tracking who can play and who can't? Download Down to Play before your next match. The first app to purely focus on player availability. Get Down to Play for free in the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.